Hey everybody, welcome to This, this is about, about movies? movies? The podcast where we talk about movies sometimes. <laughs> um, we get a little distracted though, we try. so we, we hope try. you are, are uh, down to go down the rabbit hole with us because <laughs> we're not stopping. Uh, uh, Pedro Pascal's there. Pedro's. He greets us. Oh, <laughs> with a smile. Yeah. Yes. A little scamp. A, a, little <laughs> <laughs> a little mischievous <laughs> smile. Today we're talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent, the uh, biopic of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> See, I even said starring Nick Cage. Starring. Instead yeah. of, yeah. <laughs> I, guess that's a, I guess that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Yep. We hope you enjoy the conversation. It's just me and Jeremiah today. Oh. And um, well, even podcast. though we saw this movie with like a bunch of people, 10 yeah. people. They're too scared. They're too They're too scared to, to come give talk about their <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know that we really even asked anybody. We didn't. They don't Man. know we're here. So, uh, um, yeah, we just we we had to record this and get it out. We had to <laughs> had to get out the way. Don't spit. No, no, it's great. This is a great episode. You're gonna <laughs> love this episode. And if you uh, just listen, just we're, listen. We're begging you. No. <laughs> Please, just even if you don't listen, just let it play in the background so that we get the put it on the put animals. it on three times speed. Hit subscribe and hit then subscribe. Uh, that's the really important turn part it, turn of the down process. Real low, and then that's one, <laughs> one more listen for us, bud. Um, nope, this movie's great. It is a movie. Yeah, nah, it, I don't, it, uh, it, cut that crap. Great. I don't. don't <laughs> I'm not gonna say this movie's great. I don't know why I said that. This movie not is selling out. This movie is worth a watch. It's worth a watch. It is. We can we can all agree on that. Everyone in the room, even Bear. It is Bear can inter- agree. <laughs> There's a giant teddy bear. There's a very large stuffed teddy bear. Uh, even Bear can agree that it's worth a watch. Don't ask why. Uh, don't. Uh, let's not lie to the people and call it great. It is entertaining. <laughs> it's entertaining. It's, inter- it's entertaining. <laughs> so yeah. It's worth a watch. And worth a talk. That's what we got coming up. Worth a talk. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When this podcast becomes just a massive thing and we <laughs> skyrocket <laughs> to stardom. Uh, on the back end, when we're coming down from the the high high, uh, and and someone invites you to a birthday party uh, because they're a big fan, and they pay you a million dollars to to come to their birthday party. Um, I do a lot of things for a million dollars. I was gonna say, is that are you, are you cool with that? Are you um, you know, are you gonna like get to a point where you're just like, I'm I'm a podcaster. And mm-hmm. an artiste, and and this is what I do. I don't do anything <laughs> else. Are you going to sell your your image to you uh, know how you know how random fans? For, you know how uh, Nicolas Cage was like asking questions when he got off the boat. Like, mm-hmm. is he going to want me to? Is Javi going to want not. me to? I wouldn't ask that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I say so many things right now that I'm not going to say. You so. know, <laughs> you know, I, we got all this going on, but uh, I mean, you can ask forgiveness later. That's cool. That's funny. <laughs> I would kill a man. <laughs> I'd kill a man. Million dollars? He's dead. If you if you if you handed me a million and winked and went a million and, <laughs> and, and yeah and but and then was like I need three people to I'd be like easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna easy. need I'm gonna need like ten people dead. Podcasters by day, assassins <laughs> by night. <laughs> by night. Just just one night, just one time. I mean, just a one-off. <laughs> I need this group of people to get what they do. I might, I might, if we're killing people, <laughs> I might ask, what do they do? And if you give me any answer that's like even vaguely, well, they're just they're not good people. I'd be like, okay, they need to die. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree to this. <laughs> I need to get paid. <laughs> but if you're just like, it's like a, it's like a really nice guy, and he runs a charity, and his and and his children, I'd be like, mm, make it two million. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Could you double it at least? And then secretly, 
go to them and be like, look, I'm going to give you a million dollars. To disappear. <laughs> and if we find you later, you owe me a million and I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> it's just an absurd amount of money. Mm-hmm. And for any normal-ish person, that's a lifetime of money. Like that one million is like, hey, you don't have to work anymore. So it's just like cool. Yeah. So it's like permanent happiness. I don't know if it's a lifetime of money, it but a, I for some for definitely is. for some people it is. But I feel like I don't know what. Let's just say you make like uh, what's for you know forty thousand in a year. Yeah, so that's like twenty five two years. and a half years to get a hundred thousand. So twenty so yeah, twenty it's twenty five years. years, but also while you're earning that money, you're paying taxes on a third of it. So it's like that plus a third more. So you I mean, so that's like yeah, you're right. You're right. If you're making, years. you know, roughly like a, 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 a fast food manager's wage, you might make a million dollars in your, if you stayed with the company for like 25 to 30 years. Right. But if you take the million and immediately invest it and then spend dividends next year, everything that you spent is still, or you still have a million. Like if you're only spending dividends and you could... I'm not saying like rich people do this with a million. Rich people do this like off of way more. But you can buy like a 200 grand house and a nice-ish car and eat out all the time probably on a million dividends. You could easily, like as long as you're not like, blah, 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 I need all this stuff now. Uh, you could You could do, anyone could do a million and retire at age 20 and then but that doesn't mean everyone will or or everyone would mm-hmm. i'm sure some people need two million four million to live how they want to live but i want a studio apartment with a toilet that works a shower in it a faucet a microwave a refrigerator a bed a couch a tv a computer a chair a desk and an xbox <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm pretty good. And then if you're like, are you going to go places? I'll be like, I mean, I guess I'll get a car. But if, I, if I'm if i not having to go to work, yeah. realistically, I mean, what else? Friend stuff? I could just be like, hey, friend, come pick me up. Pick I don't have a car. <laughs> or come over to my place. It's a pretty cool little pad. Uh-huh. I mean. Where yeah. would it be? Where, uh, if I could live anywhere I wanted to, probably I would pick a big city. And I would live in some, like, studio apartment above a store. Mm-hmm. Like in New York above a bodega or something like that. And then I could be like, oh, crap, I'm out of noodles. Yeah. And, like, that would be so cool to walk downstairs and know that guy and be friends with that guy and be like, hey, just put it on my tab. He's like, it's 60 cents. I don't care. And I'd be like, cool, ramen noodle. <laughs> you know? I think that would be the life. Uh, then you'd have to, like, you know, deal with the rest of New York City. <laughs> but not... If you had a million dollars and, like, that was already your place, yeah, and, like, you don't have to go to work anywhere and stuff. Like, if you're not working, you get to just chill there and, I don't know, be on the internet all day. Yeah. Look at what you, like, hanging out with friends on Xbox Live or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That'd be a pretty set little life. And as long as my, as long as my AC worked, I I don't know that I'd ever have much of a problem with it. You know, that made me think of something that's, this is a tangent, but thinking about people's homes in, in the city. Oh, that's like their own little world, mm-hmm. their own, like they can make it what they want. I mean, obviously anywhere, everybody's home is their own thing. But I feel like in right now with like the way most cities are being developed, you have like big developers coming in and building shopping centers that you go to a shopping center in one town and you go to another shopping center in another town and they look the same. Yeah. Like it's the same companies that have built these places. And so then, you know, more and more, all these older cities are starting to kind of all look the same. They all are, the layout is the same. The landscaping is the same, you know, obviously it depends on where you're at and the climate. Yeah. Even how we, even how, like, since we started dividing cities up into sectors, Mm -hmm. like you'll have the industrial sector and then you'll have the the residential sector. Like the school goes here in the middle Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. And some of that is like progress. It's like city planning sort of leveling up and figuring out, oh, this actually works the best. Well, it, maybe not, though. Well, I mean, maybe it does for like infrastructure and stuff. That's what I mean. But for uh, like 
even stuff like pedestrian safety, we're mm-hmm. coming to the point where we're realizing the safest streets are the ones uh, with that curve that you can't see around the corner because people are paying more attention and driving more careful on those roads. But when you're on this straight line of a thing, like all of our all of our interstates and all of our highways, uh, we're even mandated one mile in every five has to be completely straight. Uh, that was like an Eisenhower thing, I mm-hmm. think, so that we could land planes uh yeah. if they need emergency it's bad even like the autobahn when they built it it's always like kind of at least a little bit curving uh and they let you go as fast as you want on that and it's not like a safety thing uh you can turn and go real fast at the same time but as long as you're kind of banking you don't like do that little drift off mm-hmm. thing which is we're, yeah, we're discovering now more and more that it's dangerous to do stuff like we've built it where everything's like straight and expected. But like the safer neighborhoods are the ones that you can't see around the corner. Like nobody nobody gets into wrecks. Nobody dies in these collisions. Interesting. The, the ones that have the most, the neighborhoods that have the most deaths for cars and stuff are the ones that have like, that are clear with no trees, extended sight lines all the way to the front of the house and have like 20, 60 feet of run up grass mm. uh, and then hit the road. And it's people, because it's so open and it's so straight, people just whoosh, like straight down that road as fast as they can and not pay attention. And uh, yeah, turns out that's what makes you get in a wreck. Turns out that's, that's what kills people. That's crazy. What I was what I was getting at was the, with all that, everything's sort of becoming the same. Yeah. It can be easy. And this is all just coming from my perspective, but it can be easy to think that everywhere is like where you are right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like on a big scale, all the, all the medium sized cities, even in the U S are kind of becoming that. That's not a word. Conglomerous. One big giant unity thing Mm -hmm. where everything just looks the same yeah what i'm getting at is like with all that you can start to think that everything feels the same or every every apartment looks like your apartment or Mm. whatever but uh and uh, this is weird i just i don't know why i'm even telling the story but i just think it's interesting uh but even the other day i was just walking through my apartment complex and somebody had their door open i just glanced inside and their apartment looked so different than my own even though it's the same like even though it's the same layout same everything i was just like oh that's weird like i wouldn't have i don't know it just feels like it feels different and um but even then they're still fairly similar but we all have couches we have shelves we have you know it's just different shelves and different couches but there were so many times when i was living in la where a job would take me to someone's home or some place that I'd never been to uh, in the city. And I would be startled or like just surprised or shocked at what I would find in these places and Mm. like how people lived their lives and what they like decorated their homes with and little things in the city, little hidden gems and nooks and crannies that you just unpool, you know, you look under the rug, you see all this stuff. There's just lots of stuff crammed into these big cities. Um, And I feel like, you know, in a world where all the medium-sized cities and stuff are all kind of just becoming the same thing, that you could pass through multiple cities and not know that you've left one and gone into another, the bigger cities are sort of like almost like the most unique places because each little apartment, each little home, each little business or whatever, there's so many possibilities for what is inside of them and how weird or, or like crazy or bonkers like – People's homes can be. I don't know. This <laughs> depends is, on how bonkers the person. Well, is. It does depend on the obviously the interests of the person and thing. Like I mean, I think I told you, and maybe I mentioned it here on the podcast. But there was one time where we we went to. Uh, well, I'll give you two examples of this. We we went to uh, someone was living in an old movie star's home. They weren't a movie star. I don't even know what they did. But we were filming in this home. They were allowing us to use it, and their home was like all like Art Deco, like uncomfortable. You know, it was like concrete. Mm-hmm. and like not what i would not i wouldn't consider it a home it's like a museum because it's very cold and not not comfortable like you couldn't you couldn't just relax in this place because it's there's nothing comfortable about it uh, but the only comfortable thing they had was this very large couch that had no back it was like a lot of like ottomans all combined together it was really interesting but it was made of moleskin <laughs> I, re- I already hate it <laughs> yeah well it was it was made of moleskin and they were so 
was very, 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 very expensive. And um, so they were very particular about Don't what we did with all the that. Moles. And but they had this like great patio in the back. It was all brick, and it just overlooked Los Angeles. It was up in the hills, and just you could you had a great view of the city. And it was like just this little place, little tucked away place you would never go to. Not a weird thing, but just different. It was like these people are living in a movie star, an old movie star's home, and they're very particular about their stuff. They love their stuff. It's just so interesting. But then you go to the other side of the city into like the warehouse district and there's a uh, like old produce packaging plant. We go there in the middle of the night, like we're shooting, it's a night shoot. They didn't tell our team where exactly we were going. So we're just kind of following. <laughs> we meet our contact at this place and it's hard to tell if this place is open still. It looks really run down and you're like, I don't know if I'd want to eat any produce that came from this place. It's pretty grungy here. Uh, but they take us in into this big, freight elevator very large elevator we fit the entire crew into this elevator it starts going up and it's like a horror film already this whole thing the screeching and grinding and everything going up you're like we're all gonna die and then they let us out in a hallway and everything's concrete it's very much like you know just it's a plant but then we get into the hallway and the hallway is like oh okay it's kind of like concrete halls with no windows and then every once in a while there's like a black door and it looks like an apartment building it's really weird, but it's like a cold, you know, all concrete dim lighting as we go through. And we're just carrying gear. Like, okay, it's all the way at the end on the right. We're like, all right, so we keep going down there. We're on the top floor. But again, there's no windows. There's no way to tell where you are. Yeah. It's really weird. And we get to the last room, and the lady that's leading us there opens the door with the key and then pushes the door open. And we walk into this room that's just like lavishly decorated. <laughs> and we're like, what the heck? Like it, we walked in from like if on the outside, this place looked abandoned and gross, like grease, like machine grease, like all the stuff in different places, broken trucks outside, like all those like plastic, like milk crate type things everywhere. You know, it's like the <laughs> remains of a produce packaging plant, but then you go inside and then it's like this concrete slab. And then you walk into this room and it's like, Oh, somebody, somebody comes here. And we were looking in and we're like, Oh, that's cool. Like, there's these like ceiling to or floor to ceiling shelves. And they're pretty tall ceilings in this place that are just filled with like glass jars with like interesting things in them. It's like really weird decor. And then there's like a mannequin that's over there and it's wearing like a mask and stuff. And we're like, that's really interesting. We're walking in and there's like a <laughs> like interesting looking chair that almost looks like a dentist chair that's like laid back. And we're like, that's odd. Go over here and there's like these like leather straps on the wall and then we're like okay that's odd stuff is getting strange more mannequins everywhere all wearing <laughs> clothing that's like leather and strange and weird and then you start to see like complete face coverings on these masks and we're like oh this is like a this is like a sex dungeon <laughs> <laughs> and we're like oh no what are we here for like we're and we we're like thinking about the script. Like, there's no scene in a sex dungeon. Like, why are we? Where are we? Like, what in the? Like, how did we get to this place? And they're like, no, no, no. We're not using this room. Um, we're actually trying to get to the roof, and the only way to the roof is through the back area of this room. And so we have to go through this whole room. And this room is clearly made to host large groups of people. And there's all sorts of activities everywhere. <laughs> Lots of activities. You walk and, in, um, you pick your activity. And the chair that I thought that I initially thought was a dentist chair was actually a gynecologist chair. So it had like the stirrups and all that stuff. And you're like, you know, everybody's imaginations are just like, <laughs> what? Uh, and we have to go into this back room of this of this room. There's like a closet, uh, a big like storage area. And we go into the storage area. And there's a straight up full size cross just leaning up against the wall. <laughs> and, <laughs> And beside that is the ladder that goes up to the roof. And there's just a hatch. And we're, <laughs> we're like, okay. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I can't do this. So then, so then we're like, the scene is on the roof. So we only take, and it's a ladder. So it's not like, you know, we have to kind of hoist everything up. And, you know, it's, it's kind of an, an endeavor to get all the gear that we need up there. Because it's just an open rooftop. Like, we can't have the whole crew up there. So it's just a skeleton crew. And everybody else is staging in the, the sex there, dungeon. Yeah. So we're just chilling, you know, trying not to touch anything. Oh, um, and at one point, one of the other crew members uh, bumped into one of those jars that had stuff in it. And it was like something 
fleshy, just floating in liquid, and no one knew what it was. <laughs> Still don't know what it was. Uh, but they knocked it on the ground, and the person who owned the building was not happy with us about it. But yeah, it was really strange. You didn't have this insured? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It was like you would never know that something like that existed, and yet the fact that that does exist makes me think that there's like not just creepy or strange things like that, but there's probably very unique places that are just hidden in the city in yeah. those little apartments, little studio apartments, yeah, little hallways and closets and other things. It's just like the world is a weird place. And while on the outside, it looks like everybody's becoming the same. I think that's making everybody like very, very unique on the inside. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, that stuff was always there. <laughs> Oh, I know it was always there. I'm just saying, like, you can start to think that, like, oh, yeah, everybody is like me, you know? And it's not true. Nobody's like you. Well. <laughs> they might say they are. Maybe not me. But uh, but uh, everybody's different. <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, we nah, might have been creeped out by are, that situation. But that, that that doesn't mean that those people are bad people I think, uh, I think or weird. It just is a new experience for me. There are maybe types of people. And that's like There's it. only 20. No, maybe like 120. Oh, 120. Yeah, something like that. And that's all That's how you get. That's all there is? Yeah. We got 120 blueprints. Uh, I don't know. And whoever's creating us up there is just like, mm, that one. That Schmeck. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even, even 120, I feel like it's a lot. Maybe like 20, but with 20. Uh, a lot of variables. Yeah, there's like a lot of variables. Like an A, B, and a C, and a D variable for every person. <laughs> for like 40 different trades. I don't know. Well, even that would, yeah, that would result in a bunch of... A bunch of different. Yeah, it would. Exponentially, everything would just. 20 times, well, 40 times 39 times 38 times 37. The exponential of 40. And then again for 20 multiplied. Yeah, it's still a lot of people. <laughs> Thanks for doing the math. <laughs> comes out to a lot. Comes out, uh, to, comes out to several, <laughs> several, several hundreds of trillions, I'm sure. Yeah, so there's some weird people out there. Like Pedro Pascal's character, who uh, <laughs> is the cousin of a drug dealer who's just living his life, loving Nicolas Cage. Who you thought was going to be weird. You thought he was going to be weird, but that weird. He's just a nice guy who happens to be in, in, a, a, in a, a bad family. Drug king family. and But he's just trying to have a birthday. He's just trying to make a movie. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is a good guy. He's got good intentions, but he, he's lost his way, and he's got to find his way back to his family because as we all know from the movies family is what's most important <laughs> um this movie is interesting to me i heard about this movie a while ago mm -hmm. uh a friend so we used to watch a lot of nick cage movies mostly because we liked the campiness <laughs> the over-the-top <laughs> drama like face off is like no one's gonna like point to face off and say it's best, best movie best thing that's my but they are going to say this movie's so much fun and it's such a good time i love watching it with friends i love it you know it's it's a good time it's really great everybody does a great job doing what this movie needs you know and so there was a time when we were big fans of of that kind of stuff even though uh you know the remake of the wicker man was with nicholas cage wasn't really the best movie it's fun to watch and it's also fun to see him, you know, scream not the bees and all that stuff. Like we're in on the joke. We we enjoy the we're enjoying the Nicolas Cage ride. I feel like, I feel like aside from the bees part, you could say you could take any Nick Cage movie and be like mm -hmm. that thing. Uh, insert that, that does, title, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh we were on for that and so when we found out, hey, somebody's making a movie about that, like about the persona of Nicolas Cage, we were like, This is great. This is gonna be so funny. And then we forgot about it for years. And then it was like, hey, it's coming out. Like I saw a trailer and yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this movie. And now we've seen that movie. And it doesn't feel like that movie. It doesn't feel like that movie. It feels like the idea probably was pretty good. But ultimately, the execution feels very watered down and less like the experience of watching a Nick Cage movie that it needed to be. Mm-hmm. It feels very overproduced. Like too many people got their hands in it. Too many people got their opinions in there. And then eventually the vision was sort of lost. Um, and you still get some some good performances. I mean, Pedro Pascal's pretty funny. It's funny it was, seeing him be funny. It was way more of a funny movie than I figured it was going to be. Interesting. But, it, I, but there's a lot of 
a lot to it that just feels like, eh, they didn't have a lot of faith in it, so they didn't give it a very big budget, and you can tell. But <laughs> maybe maybe they did, but Nick Cage was like, yeah, I got this payment coming up. I'm going to need a lot, a lot. <laughs> I guess, I mean, that could be the case. And then they're like, really we only that, have so. $55 million to do the whole thing. He's like, we can do it for two. <laughs> we can do it for two, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with the 53? That's oh. uh, That'll be mine. So we're gonna, I, I need yeah. it. I need it. There's just, I don't know. There's moments where it's like, it starts to feel like, oh, this could be, you know, this might be a relic of the original vision. And then it gets sort of like, I don't know. It feels a little yeah. silly. Well, yeah. Time, a lot of the so. movie didn't, didn't, not d- silly didn't depend on the premise. Like the premise was, or the, the premise they sold us felt like it was Nick Cage's weird persona and we're going to go on an adventure that only Nick Cage could do. Exactly. Uh, and then the adventure comes off feeling more like a generic, Hollywood. a generic teen movie almost, but yeah. with two older guys. Yeah. Well, uh, and then the whole, even the meta story within of just like, Oh, they're writing a movie. That's basically this movie, you know? Yeah. Of them like, Oh, someone gets kidnapped. And then it's becomes this, it's like, well, that's the, what we, that's the hook we use to get them in the theater. It's almost like they made that part up as they were being forced to make the movie into something else. <laughs> it re- it you know? really did. They were just like, like that, yeah. <laughs> but like, I wanted to see a Nick Cage movie, but from the perspective of like, no, this is just Nicholas Cage's life. Like his every day <laughs> is like face off and con air. Like it's, it's to that degree of insanity. And it, it being played out like this is just, you know, a normal Tuesday for Nicolas Cage. I liked that idea, and I thought him, you know, being on board with it is just, it's really funny, just giving his stamp of appro- approval for it. And all the other stuff, all the, like, the plot didn't, I don't know why it was there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand why all that stuff had to. Even be there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it could have literally just been a slice of life. About him. About him. I, I will was, say, I read some articles where they wrote the script with him in mind mm-hmm. and about him. And he was like, nah. And they're like, please. And he was like, no, maybe that's why it took so long yeah. to get made. Uh, and so and they maybe were, they were looking at, they were actually, I don't know if they ever got to the point where they were looking at casting other people, mm. but it was more like, we can't have Leonardo DiCaprio play this. Hey. Like <laughs> it's gotta be you, Nick. And then he eventually like, came around mm-hmm. is how the article made it sound so yeah i wonder also what got dumped out maybe in that maybe that was yeah i don't know a lot of it but yeah and but but what we got really felt like i don't know felt like a silly super bad caper they i mean even like I a, even like a to super bad i mean uh, some some teen thing where they're like ah, 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 yeah. we're on drugs ah, 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 and but it was like a bad version of all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I would say it had Nick Cage in it. But uh, yeah, we've. I think we talked about this. And I even shocked some friends of ours. I don't particularly like Nick Cage. I don't know mm-hmm. of any movies in where I'm like that movie was good, right? <laughs> I'm sure he's. I'm sure there are a couple out there that I can stand, but. The philosophy with which he approaches acting is one that I fundamentally disagree with. Okay. And like, it's, it like squeak. What's up? What's the sound of nails on the shop where like squeals. Screeching. Screeches inside my bones. Like it hurts (laughs) so much. And I just, I I don't like it. He even wrote a book and he gave it a name. Nouveau Shamanic or something. Okay. All right. But sure. Can we not, like, uh, he, he thinks we're in, like, a post-realism form of acting. Mm-hmm. When, obviously, what you're acting for is to be realist in that scene that you're in. The point of acting is to get inside, if there was a real person in that situation, what would they do if this happened? And action. It's not. Okay, here's a situation. You're not a real person. Make up whatever you want. Action. Like, that's not what any of this is. Mm-hmm. And I can't, like, I just can't with him. 
<laughs> maybe he wants it to be that. Maybe he's trying to make that I'm make that happen. Sure that he I mean, would argue that it could be that, <laughs> and I I'm not I'm not gonna buy it. I'm pretty set. <laughs> hey, that's, there's like not a lot of wiggle room here. And, I will say, and if, and if I was doing anything, and like he shows up and he's like, for this scene, I'm gonna make my mouth as big as I can make it, uh-huh. and I'm like. Okay, you're fired. Like, I don't know what else to do with you right now. You got to get out of here, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm a fan of, uh, <laughs> of the, the myth, you know, behind him. I like, I like all that stuff surrounding it. I mean, like that's that's my, I think my biggest disappointment of this is this movie doesn't feel like it's feeding a into Nick that Cage myth movie or feeding from and, that. And when myth I say a Nick all. Cage movie, I'm talking about peak Nick Cage, like in the '90s. Where he's like, like the movies that he's in are just freaking larger than life. Like you've got, oh, what's it called? The prison movie. Con Air. No, not Con. Well, that has a lot of prisoners in it. But what's the one where he breaks? Um, Wait, is he even in Con Air? He is, yeah. Okay. I felt like Yeah, Con Air. Like- <laughs> uh, the one about the island in Alcatraz. Oh, The Rock. The Rock. Like The Rock, um, Con Air, and Face Off are the ones that stand out to me. Raising Arizona is another just because it's sort of a wild comedy. And it's like him and I think most, I think a lot of people would say that's probably his best role in the same sense that like Boogie Nights is, is Mark Wahlberg's best Best role role, because it's like the first time we're really seeing them and we're seeing them play what at the time we wouldn't know is the same person they're going to play in everything else, but they're perfect for that role because they were cast for that role. And then you just see, oh, Mark Wahlberg is basically just Mark Wahlberg and everything else. And if you think Mark Wahlberg is charming. (laughs) then you'll probably enjoy him in it. Yeah. Uh, and I think Nicolas Cage has the same appeal. If you like what Nicolas Cage is bringing, then you're probably going to like the movie. And anything that he's But in, if you yeah. try and make him something he's not, you try and put him in a movie that is going against that and trying to be like a regular movie, whatever that means, uh, it's not going to work out well. And I feel like this movie is actually not, you know, it's not enhancing Nicolas Cage's features and, and the magic that he brings to yeah. any role that he plays. It's sort of like trying to tame him a little bit. So I think that movie kind of falls flat a little bit because it doesn't it doesn't have the uh, bravado and the um, hugeness uh, of those 90s movies where, you know, the budgets were pretty freaking huge and everything is, you know, for the most part, real. Lots of extras, lots of all that kind of stuff, lots of explosions, lots of visual effects, things like that that make the movie feel different. You know, I'm thinking of, uh, he's not in this movie, but, um, heat heat is a movie that feels different than, uh, any other movie about that same subject matter. Like, have you seen, heat? uh, Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy heat? No, 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 no. Uh, talking about like, um, uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, maybe, and, uh, maybe, but that's an older one. It's like a bank. It's basically Grand Theft Auto is based on this movie yeah. essentially. <laughs> For for real, like when you watch it, you're like, this feels a lot like Grand Theft Auto, and then you're like, wait a second, no, Grand Theft Auto feels like this. It's, it's just that movie is freaking. There's a scene where they're escaping with the money from the bank heist or from the heist, and they get caught in a shootout with the cops in downtown L.A. and it's just nuts. Like and not just and because he falls on the ground and it goes to black and white slow mo and it says wasted. Yes, yeah, that part's <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, no, but it's like it, it feels like they're using well, they're probably using real guns and blanks, but there's so much gunfire and it's so loud that it feels real. They they shoot it in a way that feels and it's just overpowering. Like there's so much gunfire, so many extras everywhere. It's not an empty street. If you watch any of those action scenes in that movie that we just in in uh, the um, unbearable weight of massive talent, there's, there's no the people only anywhere. Ones there. There's no people anywhere because. I yeah, don't know. That could have been COVID. COVID. Yeah. I don't know. Could have been COVID. But even even saying that though, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like even we just you know watching uh, Doctor Strange, like there's a part where like a bus goes down the street and then the monster grabs the bus and there's nobody in the bus. Yeah. Like what just because even, it's like there's not even a driver in the yeah, bus. Yeah. They're just trying to like get away. I mean, and I think there was some weird stuff going on with because she was in the bus and whatever. But even then, there were other th- times where like. The creature would interact with stuff, and it's like conveniently, there's no one there. Uh, <laughs> Skyfall, 
when uh, the train, when he blows up the thing in the subway and the subway train comes careening through the side of the wall and crashes down into that abandoned station, uh, there's nobody on board. It's like, when is there ever a subway train that has nobody on it? In the middle of the day, we just saw the terminal and it was wall-to-wall people. And you have a train that has nobody on it? Yeah, no. So, like, it's like like that kind of stuff. I don't know why, but it feels nowadays like action movies tend to feel empty. Like, Mm. the only thing present is, like, our hero and villain fighting each other. And it's convenient. It makes it easier. There's no casualties. There's no whatever. But in this scene... We're they're a bunch of quote unquote bad guys, so they're like there's people dropping all over the place, like getting killed in the line of fire, while they're trying to shoot the cops and fight their way out of this situation gone wrong. Anyways, the intensity is just through the roof. It's just visceral and feels like it's just crazy because it's and actually movies, set within a living yeah, city. And movies at that time, I think you know, basically in the time of the like in like the eighties into the nineties, early nineties with that like sort of era of like macho heroes like big buff you know arnold schwarzenegger type heroes like we were really into that kind of thing that era is like where nicholas cage thrives and in order for a movie that's supposed to be about nicholas cage and just how bonkers he is <laughs> needs to feel like one of those movies uh and this does not it feels like a uh honestly it feels like a, a disney channel original movie in its scale <clears throat> I'd almost want it to be on film just so it feels older. Mm-hmm. I'd want it to like have the, just the weight of the, uh, I don't know, even the golden guns that they have, they just look like toys. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man, like make those things. Was it, and was this just me or is, did his beard look super weird? Like fakish? Uh, I don't know. I know that the young version of him that he talks to definitely looks fake. I mean, yeah, but, but it's a, uh, there's something about his, I mean, it might have just been the, like it was really square kind of cut. Maybe. I don't know. It, it Every time it was on, I was like, is that a CG beard? <laughs> I, I it, Maybe. It might also have just been, you know, older Hollywood stars trying to look young always feels a little false and you can't or like, always like put it your finger on it. Or like it was maybe colored way too dark. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, that's my thoughts on the movie. I don't really have much else to say about it other than, and I've been talking for a minute, so you go on. Yeah, I mean that kind of hits the nail on the head. I just that and between between that and his acting, I don't know. I really didn't. I really didn't even expect to like the movie. I came away from it going like, it was all right. It was a good. Uh, wait, I think I said <laughs> for not liking Nick Cage, it's a pretty good Nick Cage film, okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It it is. I mean, I did. I had a good time, but again, it, I yeah, think we I would have a good a time with almost any movie, yeah. whether I kind of liked it or not. But it, yeah, it it was funny, and I think, and this is true about everything that he's in. But Pedro Pascal sort of steals the show for me. Yeah, he's really good, and it seems like he doesn't even have to try. No, he's it's fun, you know, having seen him in very serious things. And just the look that he gives Nicolas Cage when they're driving along the coast, <laughs> high, and he just like the face. Oh my gosh, it's the best part of the movie. Um, or but it's the, cool uh, to see him the, where he's looking at the dudes. They're like, are they looking at us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just makes it like I don't know. I think they're looking at us. So their pairing is good, but it's it's rough when you're like, man, Pedro's like killing it. Nicholas Nicholas Cage isn't doing a bad job, but I th- I don't think he's the movie isn't isn't making him all he could be no it's the, not the rest it's, of the film it feels not, like it's not feeding not from him. his myth no at all whereas like something like being john malkovich yeah only john malkovich could have played that role yeah no one else could have done it and it came out with like this weird philosophical mm-hmm. like mix up mashup stuff and it, it even not only did it draw from john malkovich's legend it then added to it yeah and this yeah. i mean it starred nick cage it doesn't add it didn't, anything to it it didn't require it starred nick cage it didn't require nick cage mm, yeah uh, and it would have been the same movie yeah i think you're right i don't think it add, like i really like what you said there of just it didn't add anything to that that myth that legend yeah. of him it really was just and like that's what it needed even, to be. Even some of the jokes were just like Nick Cage says at oh not the bees again LOL. instead of like yeah. literally put in and it was like them talking in a 
they're just sitting in a conversation going, and I told them, not the bees, ha, 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 ha. Okay. No, put that, like, literally put that into in the, movie. the movie. Like, yeah. put, the, put bees in the movie and have them say not the bees if you're going to do that. And have them gonna yell do that. in an like, even more ridiculous way. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, if you're going to do call-outs to some of his stuff, like, put us in the same situation. And, like, and then go all out, and, yeah, and really and, dig into yeah. it. And it's very possible that a lot of the movie was structured in a way that, like, was reminiscent of other films. Like, I'm sure that there are certain shots and certain set pieces that are from movies that either I'm just not familiar with or I'm well, forgetting. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's sure, but, but it doesn't feel like it. But to me, it feels more like other movies. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I'm, yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, even parts where they're driving on the road high, I was like, Wolf of Wall Street? Not any Nick Cage film, you know? Mm. Yeah. It it feels like little pieces and stuff pulled from other movies. Not, I, I really even would have... I was thinking the whole time that they were maybe going to do it. Like, this part of the... This sixth of the film is from this Nick Cage movie. Mm. Can't you tell? And then, like, like go free... Like, pull that movie's, like, color saturation and, like, really make it that. I mean, they could have done stuff like that. They just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, yeah, you're watching it and you're like, oh, this, like, like when he was meeting his daughter or whatever at the end, it could have been like, oh, this is the part in Raising Arizona where he's talking to the little mm. girl. Uh, no, it, it's, didn't do any of that. Yeah. Uh, just If there is a connection, it's very loose. And I, I mean, and I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> You can, you can say I'm dumb and I didn't get it if you want, but I feel like if I didn't get it, not a lot of people are going to get it, but sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of that's my thoughts on the movie. I did. I also liked uh, Neil Patrick Harris in it. He's funny. Yeah, he's okay. I'm I'm not like, I like Neil Patrick Harris, but. I, I, yeah, I, I just like seeing him and stuff. But <laughs> I think that my favorite part of the whole movie that didn't have Pedro Pascal in it was uh I'm quitting acting. <laughs> He's like, what'd you say? I'm going through a tunnel. Yeah. He's like, I'm quit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Nick Cage. Are there any other actors or celebrities or just people of note that you think would, uh, that you would enjoy seeing a movie like this if it was done well? Uh, like pulling from their myth and then feeding feeding into, into it. it more. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you could do that with The Rock pretty good. Yeah. And and I don't I don't know why. But like anything he's in, I'm smiling like an idiot the whole time I'm watching it. I just I like watching him and stuff. The Rock. Yeah. Mm. Even like terrible like that stupid skyscraper movie was <laughs> not good. But I I can promise you the whole time I was like going. Mm, That's funny. I like this movie. Uh, and I'm not gonna go watch it again, but yeah, I mean, anything he's in is just like this is cool. Yeah, George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Anytime they're in anything, I'm probably smiling like an idiot the whole time. Yeah, see, I feel like Brad Pitt's actually done a good job of doing this in small ways, mm-hmm. of sort of creating a myth around himself, uh, just by having small parts or cameos in other films. I mean, even just his role. Uh, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Obviously, he's a very good actor. We know this. He can he can be he can do drama like nobody else. Mm-hmm. He can do comedy really really well, which I think he's been doing a lot more comedy uh, as of late. Loved the Deadpool cameo. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of stuff. Crazy. Like the fact that he's down for that kind of stuff. It's almost creating a a a character or a mythos around him that's like because people now that maybe only know him as like a serious actor. They see that and they go, wow, like he must be really fun. He must be like a <laughs> really funny guy, you know, type of thing. And he probably is. But like, I mean, if you've seen, what's it called? Um, Burn After Reading, like his character in that movie is crazy. so yeah. good. I don't know if he has quite has the the weighty persona that Nicolas Cage has, you know. He's mm. not like, because Nicolas Cage is sort of like famous for being Nicolas Cage. I don't think Brad Pitt is necessarily famous for being Brad Pitt. He's He's famous because he's a good actor. But he's also yeah. has slowly but surely played into the fact that he's Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah. There's a little bit of that in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They sort of play into some kind of like big Hollywood um, movie stuff. Yeah, but yeah. he he's almost like uh he's he's even very similar to his character in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Like he it's like a, a version of that guy if you lived in Hollywood and was a stuntman, you know, type of thing. 
Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure yet. I don't. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that. Uh, I think they did it. Sylvester Stallone and his crew did it with the uh, the series of movie action movies that he did with uh, all the like, oh Expendables. Expendables, like the idea of like a bunch of like washed up, you know, yeah, tough guys from that macho era. Like they try to remake that. It's very very similar. Yeah, time period. They're trying to remake the same thing, and they succeed in some ways and fail in others because. Yeah, I feel like I also feel like the first one was a good idea, and they're like, "Let's yeah. do two, three. It was like, "All right, all right, right. just cash grabs." You had your time, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I'm just trying to think of people. I smile like an idiot. I feel like watching them, if uh, if Robin Williams were still around, I feel like he would be a good one. Yeah. Hmm. Let me Wait, there's got to be some ladies. Audrey Plaza. Anything she's in, she would act. Yeah, I, would, I just would smile like an idiot the whole time she's on screen. <laughs> Anna Kendrick, kind of too. Oh, and they were both in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, and I was, oh god, that was over the top hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Uh, it's very raunchy, but hilarious. Who else? What else? I mean, kind of being John Malkovich, except for when he was in Aragon. That was awful. He's in Aragon. Yep. I I'm asking he was the bad king high school, so I don't know. And uh, like every line he says is just like that could have been done better. <laughs> I mean, he's in Burn After Reading, and he's uh, he's not in that movie, but <laughs> great. <laughs> I also really like him in uh, his character in Red, the uh, Bruce Willis like old spy guy that has yeah. to come back in. Oh I mean, yeah, Bruce I know what you're it used about, to be yeah. Bruce Willis too. Like anything he was in, I would just be like, hey. yeah, he could be in a, maybe another one of these. Uh, so speaking of being John Malkovich, have you seen Adaptation? Yeah. Okay. So that movie, okay, is a freaking yeah. good Nicholas well, Cage Nicolas movie. Cage movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Charlie Kaufman was like, all right, Nick Cage, here's yeah, what we're gonna here's do. Here's what we're gonna do. Um, and I love that it's completely tied to being John Malkovich. Yeah. As well, <laughs> like in, in this such in a, such a weird way, but I think that that's. I like that. Actually, I think that movie, that's my favorite Nick Cage movie for sure. Uh, but I think he's he's being very well directed. In yes. That. He's being very well directed. And, uh, anytime he came in with his nouveau shamanic, they're uh, just like, let's <laughs> do another take. <laughs> <laughs> one more? Can we it's do, just, can I think we Raising Arizona, when he's working with the Coen brothers, like it's the same story. It's like he's like this ball of, uh, of energy. There's a lot of potential. <laughs> a lot there but in the wrong hands it's it's chaos but in the right hands it's uh it's chaos it's yeah a steady flame that 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 burns bright so yeah it's a good way to put it but not not a lot of people handle him very well not or not to he's my probably liking. intimidating if he's like that in real life he's probably i would be intimidated like how do you tell that kind of person to i i act personally <laughs> would not deal with it i would just be like we can get somebody else so, so you're the guy at the beginning of the film who's like meeting with him but then like yeah he's like let me read this out has for that you. experience and, and he's like yeah i'm not gonna i don't want to deal with this in my life yeah so. even that kind of goes into what you're saying a big ball of chaos yeah and that's just like They're like no. i would just wash my hands and be like that's too much that's too much <laughs> so it happens every once in a blue moon they're able to <laughs> well um yeah i don't know it's a funny it's funny it's a funny movie if you're looking for just a good time out at the theater you know Def- definitely give it. it a watch yeah um I think by the time this comes out, and everybody, everybody in the, the world likes Nick Cage more than me. That's true. It might, it would actually be a great movie to, <laughs> to stream true. at home if you're just chilling. Um, yeah. But Pedro Pascal is is fantastic. Watch everything he's in. Yeah. For real, watch everything he's in. He steals the show when he's not the main person, <laughs> uh, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but he he does it. So it is for him. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's doing very well. I'm sure. Yeah. I actually really Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, I liked that movie because of him. I didn't really care much for the whole storyline with Wonder Woman. I enjoyed yeah. the villain's storyline way more than I did anything else. And it kind of feels like the movie did too. <laughs> like they're like, writing the movie we, and they're like, "Man, this guy's here. really interesting," <laughs> which is unfortunate since it's a movie about Wonder Woman. But it's like <laughs> it's Pedro Pascal. What are you gonna what do? If we have another scene with him in it, yeah. <laughs> It's a Wonder Woman movie? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is, isn't it? Mm. Let's have a Actually, think. the same Let's is true. Let's have a think about that. <laughs> the same is true uh, for, what's her name? The one who plays uh, the cat lady. Uh, I can't remember her name. SNL. Kristen. 
No. Kristen? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible names. Lady from SNL. I mean, I'm looking at her face in my head right yeah, now, exactly. but yeah, I don't know. All right, we're going to do it. Should we roll it back and pretend like we knew the whole time? <laughs> Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. I did get Kristen right. Kristen Wig. I didn't look it up. It just came to me. I, I have a thing where I can remember actors' first names, and I can't remember their last names. Yeah, I mean, it's we don't know them. So why would I we? just mean, like, that's so weird. I think it's weird when people can remember everybody's names. I I I, I just I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's more common to remember the last name than the first name, and I remember Maybe. the first name, and it's just weird to me. Yeah, I so here's the thing: if I ever meet a David or a Dan, like if I ever meet a David, or if I meet a Daniel, I will never know which is their name. <laughs> I will always second guess myself and think Daniel. that it's the other. Daniel, um, no matter who it is, I, I will be like, I think their name's David, but it could be Daniel. And I don't know why, but I, any David or Daniel that I meet, it, unless, except for a very select few who I interact with on a, on a regular basis. If you're just an acquaintance just, you, and your name's just Daniel or it, David. Just because you've done it a thousand times. I won't know. It took a I won't. Days. And I'm, it's nothing personal. It's just. You're like, hey, uh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, D? How's it going, D? Um, so, yeah, Kristen Wiig, uh, she's also in Wonder Woman, and she also steals the show. So I just feel bad for. Uh, show stealers. All these yeah. stealers. Anybody who's in a movie with either of those. Pedro Pascal or Christian Wake. <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent. It's a movie. It's a, it's definitely a movie. And, <laughs> the way you and said that. this is about movies. It's a movie. 